Welcome to the Mind and My Wellness Podcast, your podcast for all things macros, movement, mindset, and everything in between. I'm your host, Danny Marenberg, an ex yo yo dieting cardio junkie turned sustainable nutrition coach who's helped over 1,000 women feel confident in their skin by learning how to eat for their goals without sacrificing a life well lived. I created the Mind and My Wellness podcast to give you simple, effective, and manageable tips you can take away from each episode and implement in your daily life to look and feel like the best version of you. Each week, my guests and I teach you the secrets to mastering your health and owning your power. Nutrition, mindset, movement, and women's health are all topics you'll find here. Think of our time together as your productive little health break from the day. So grab your headphones, fill up your water, and let's dive into today's episode. Welcome back to another episode of the Mind and My Wellness podcast. Before we dive into today's episode, I just want to take a moment to give a shout out. So I read every single one of the reviews that come in for this podcast And I love hearing from you guys. And today I wanted to give a special shout out to Sarah King 1010, who wrote Clear, Concise Wellness Info. I listen to a ton of wellness podcasts, and Mind of My Wellness is already proving to be a dependable source of clear, concise information on nutrition and fitness. I am listening to this while I get my steps in every day. I love that. Thank you so much, Sarah. I love when you guys take me on your walks. You guys know I'm all about getting in your daily movement and prioritizing, you know, getting outside or if you have a tread desk like me working while you're walking. So I love that you guys are taking me with you. And this podcast has really been an outlet for me to get to connect with you deeper and share with you even deeper and more information than I'm able to on social media. So thank you guys for being here. If this is your first ever time joining and listening into the Mind and My Wellness podcast, welcome. I'm Danny. I am the face behind Mind and My Macros on Instagram and the host here of Mind and My Wellness. Today, I have a very special episode that I'm excited to dive into. I've got my matcha half drink, so you know I'm prepped and ready to go for this one. I love asking you guys, what questions do you have for me? So in today's episode, I am going to answer some of the questions you sent to me over on Instagram and provide even more information on them than I do on Instagram. So question number one is, what's the minimum number of calories an adult female needs? So for this and for many, many answers, the answer is it will depend, but let me explain further. So BMR, do you know what that means? Your BMR is your basal metabolic rate. This is the number of calories that you burn at rest just by your body's operating system. So you need calories, you burn calories through digestion, through breathing, all of these body functions that we're performing, they need energy and energy are calories. So you're going to be expending energy just by living. So your BMR, it's very important that 
we are not eating at or below our BMR. And that's because if we restrict calories too close to our BMR, it'll start to affect our health and the way in which our body is functioning. So think of it this way. With your car, would you continue to drive your car on zero tank of gas? No, because you physically couldn't move in your car without gas. Now, the body, if you eat at or below your BMR, you can survive, but over time, it will hinder a lot of your body processes that are going to keep you healthy and prevent illness, disease, and disorder. So it's extremely important that we are not thinking about how far can we restrict our calories to lose as much weight as possible. What we want to be focusing on is optimizing our metabolism. And to do that, we need to be eating above our BMR if you're in a calorie deficit. So one thing that you can do is you can go and you can look up a BMR calculator online to get a gauge of where your BMR is falling. Your BMR is a calculation of your height, your weight, and your age that's going to spit out a rough estimate for your BMR. Now, your BMR can change over time. So if you are building muscle, you can actually increase your BMR because muscle takes more energy to maintain at rest. So it's going to be burning through more calories the more muscle you have. Now on the flip, if you are losing muscle mass over time as we're aging, your BMR can also begin to decline a little bit if you had more muscle before. So your BMR can change over time. It's not a fixed number. Now, once you have your BMR, you want to make sure that if you're in a deficit, you are at least eating 150 to 200 calories above your BMR. That is a non-negotiable for me. So if that's what you're consistently eating at, then that means that you're eating in a deficit and we only want to be in a deficit for a finite period of time before reverse dieting and getting back to maintenance where we should be spending most of our time. So our body is going to operate best when it's at maintenance. So with all of that being said, what's the minimum number of calories an adult female needs? It will depend, but you want to make sure that you are eating 150 to 200 calories above your BMR at your lowest caloric intake. Now, if this question is stemming from, well, how, how far do I need to go to see results? You don't need to go to the bottom end of your deficit numbers to reduce body fat. What I recommend doing instead is spending time at maintenance, optimizing your metabolism, and then when you're ready to enter a calorie deficit to reduce overall body fat, you start to trim away. So I like to, let's say your maintenance is 2,000 calories. You reduce your caloric intake by 300 calories, let's say for your deficit, and you're at 1,700 calories. So I wouldn't say let's reduce it down to 1,500 calories because that's as close to our BMR as we can get. Absolutely not. I want to keep you high and I want to keep your caloric intake as high as possible while in a deficit to reduce body fat. Then 
If you hit a plateau, which is three or more weeks where your body weight has not budged, and this is weekly average body weight, this is not day over day body weight, three or more weeks equals a plateau, then you can start to chip away at that number. But I wouldn't automatically say, okay, the lowest number I can go with my calories is 1500, my BMR is 1350, so I'm just going to jump to 1500. Nope, that is going to be a recipe for disaster because once you get down to 1500 and let's say you're there for a while and then you plateau, you have nowhere else to pull back from and it's going to take a little bit longer to rebuild your metabolism after that. So we want to make sure that we're doing this in a very smart and strategic way if your goal is to reduce overall body fat. Question number two, is it more important to hit your protein goal or stay within your overall calories? This is a question I get very, very often because I do express that protein is so important and that we should be prioritizing protein every single day, which I will always, always stand by. However, your calorie goal is ultimately going to be a bit more important when it comes to either fat loss or body maintenance. So Your calorie goal, if you eat over your calorie goal to make up the protein that maybe you've missed in the day, and that's going to set you over your calorie goal, then that's what can lead to a surplus over time if that happens consistently, where you'll start to experience some weight gain slash fat gain. So it's always more important to stay within your overall calorie goal, even if that means that a day here and there you don't hit your protein goal. As long as you're being overall consistent with your protein intake, you're in a good spot. So if it's more important to hit protein or calorie goals, always choose your calories. Then what I'd recommend is if you are in a strict tracking phase, pre-log. Pre-log out your day, meaning you're planning ahead of time in your food tracking app. You're mapping out exactly what your day can look like with the amounts of different types of food so you know how to hit your goals without having to guess and then end the day with more calories and fat and not enough protein and you're at your calories but you're 40 grams under your protein. This is a surefire way to ensure that you are going to hit all your macros with ease. I hope you're loving today's episode. I wanted to quickly interrupt to share with you something that I only wish I knew years ago on my health journey that changed everything for me. I was the girl who had tried every diet under the sun, worked out seven days a week, yet was constantly left feeling disappointed that all my hard work and time wasn't paying off. Can you relate? If the answer is yes, then my free training, Three Steps to Transform Your Body with Macros, is just for you. In this training, I share the secrets to leveraging your metabolism to lose fat without restriction, eliminating the foods you love, or sacrificing a life well-lived. So if you're ready to say so long to yo-yo dieting and kick low-calorie diets to the curb, you're not going to want to miss this free training. Head on over to mindedmymacros.com forward slash free training to register today. Or you can head on over to my show notes to find the link. I hope to see you there. All right, now back to the episode. 
Moving on to our next question, which is, is it best to weigh food raw or cooked? And my answer for this is you always want to weigh your food in the form that you bought it whenever possible. And what I mean by this is, let's say you buy chicken breast. This is just a very easy example, simple example. Raw chicken breast you buy at the store. Well, I always recommend weighing it raw and then cooking it because as you cook that chicken breast, it's going to lose water. And then if you weigh it after, it's going to weigh less than it did prior. And when we are logging our food, if you're logging raw chicken breast, but weighing it cooked and logging that gram amount, you're going to be missing out on protein that you're consuming, which is really important. So always weigh your food in the form that you've bought it. Another example is pasta. I get this question a lot. Do you weigh it raw or sorry, uncooked, or do you weigh it after you've cooked it and boiled it? You want to weigh it uncooked if you're taking it from a box. And that's because the nutrition label on the packaging is for the food in that form. So again, if you're weighing it after the fact, pasta is actually the opposite, where as you're cooking it, it's going to weigh more because it's absorbing water. So you're actually going to be accounting for more carbs, fat, protein, whatever's in your pasta, than if you had weighed it accurately in the form that it was in. So moral of this story is weigh your food in the form that you bought it in, in the form that it is in the packaging, Because the nutrition label is always going to be in the form that it's in in that packaging, if that makes sense. Now, if you're out and about and let's say you're going out to dinner and you order this dinner with grilled shrimp on it, well, don't worry about trying to figure out, okay, well, if this was raw, how do I log this? You can simply find a food log for grilled shrimp. This is a very simple substitution. So if I buy shredded chicken at the grocery store or rotisserie chicken, it's already cooked. I'm just going to search for a log for shredded chicken or rotisserie chicken and log it that way. So that is the best way to go about logging your food. But if you are cooking things from its raw or uncooked form, I always recommend weighing in that form, log it, and then cook it. There are typically a lot of questions when it comes to how to accurately weigh and track certain foods. And so this is exactly why I built out my macro tracking and logging mini course, which I've taken all of the commonly asked questions that I've gotten from, you know, how do I log meals out? How do I track alcohol? How do I weigh this food raw or cooked? And I've condensed it into this quick little mini course with bite-sized video walkthroughs of everything showing you how to track and log it in your tracking app. You can easily pull up the little walkthroughs on your phone as you're cooking dinner or as you're about to go out to eat to figure out how to track it. So I'll link that resource down for you in the show notes if you're interested. But yes, weighing your food raw or cooked, I'll always recommend weigh it in the form that you bought it in. Moving on to the next question, how do you know when you need to change your macros up? I've been lifting for 1.5 years and using the same macros. First, our macros will not be the same forever. 
Again, if you remember from my first answer, our BMR will change over time, and so our macros need to adjust too. But this doesn't mean that our macros need to be adjusting constantly. If you're at maintenance or in a surplus and you're really focusing on muscle development, then your macros probably don't need to change too, too often. But as we age, if we start to notice different things like our hunger cues picking up or maybe our energy's low, any signs that your body is telling you, this is called biofeedback, any biofeedback signals that your body is giving you to tell you like, hey, I need some more food, or if your measurements are increasing and you're not intending to increase your measurements, let's say, you know, you're not intending to be in a surplus, then that's another time we might want to check back in with your macros. But if you are getting any signs of biofeedback, like increased hunger, you're experiencing poor sleep, you are experiencing low energy, you feel like you're hitting a wall and plateauing in your workouts, then it might be time to change up your macros. For this question in particular, she's been lifting for a year and a half and she's using the same macros. What I'd ask is, have you been noticing differences in terms of your strength? How is your biofeedback? Are you feeling strong? Are you feeling energized? Are you, is your digestion operating properly? Anything in terms of what your body is trying to tell you, if everything seems hunky-dory, great then maybe you don't need to change up your macros. But if you're starting to experience a little bit more hunger and you're like, why is this hunger popping up? Like these are my maintenance macros. Chances are your BMR is actually increasing because you're building muscle. And a year and a half is a good amount of time to be building muscle. So you actually might need to increase your maintenance a little bit, which is very exciting. For anyone looking to dive in even deeper to this and understanding how to make proper adjustments for you, I teach this all in my macro body method course, and it's really important that we know how to adapt. And on this topic, if you are entering a calorie deficit and you have old calorie deficit or cut numbers, I never recommend using the same cut numbers. So let's say a year ago you had a cut and you had macros for that cut, and then now it's a year later and you want to enter a calorie deficit, don't go back to those macros because so much has changed during that time frame. It's really going to depend on your dieting history, what the past year has looked like, how much muscle mass, what your BMR is now, what your lifestyle looks like, what your day-to-day looks like in terms of your exercise and activity. So it's really important that anytime you're entering a new phase or re-entering a phase, you are recalculating out your macros. So that's why I teach that inside the Macro Body Method course, because it's very important that we are operating in a way that's going to optimize our metabolism for our results. Okay, another question. Do macros from different food sources impact the body differently? So for example, fast food versus whole foods. The short answer here is yes. Obviously, we tend to feel better when we're eating whole foods versus fast foods, but there is some science behind this, and it's called the thermic effect of food. 
Now, this is a small percentage of the calories that you're burning per day and it accumulates over time. But what the thermic effect of food is, is if you're eating whole foods, it's going to take your body more energy to break down and digest that food than processed foods. Because processed foods, in a sense, are already broken down, so it's less energy being used on the body. Now, when we're focusing on whole foods, we're also getting many more micronutrients out of those whole foods, which are also going to impact your overall health. But looking at the thermic effect of food, when we're choosing whole foods over processed foods, it can actually help to increase our metabolism over time. Now, again, this is a small percentage of the calories that you're burning over the course of time, but it can make an impact. So this is why I like to focus on the 80-20 rule. Now, me personally, I just choose to focus more on like a 90-10 rule because I operate, I feel better. I just overall am a happier person when I eat more whole foods. And this is definitely adapted over time for me. But the 80-20 rule is a great rule to follow to primarily focus on 80% of your diet coming from whole foods. 20% can be the fun foods, the processed foods, the fast food whatever that looks like for you, because that's what leads to sustainability and it doesn't require or lead to this restrictive mindset. So operating in an 80-20, it's going to be a perfect balance to really focus on you know, optimizing that thermic effect of food and getting in those whole foods for those micronutrients and to support a healthy microbiome. But Also, that 20% is going to provide the flexibility and balance for a long-term sustainable diet. And the final question I have for today is, do you change your macros during your period, during your cycle? And depending on the phase, what I recommend, and really this can be applied to every phase, even a calorie deficit, is obviously listen to your body and honor your hunger cues. If you are strictly tracking macros and it is that period of the month, no pun intended, (laughs) then what I love to encourage my clients to do is take a more holistic calorie-focused approach, prioritizing protein. So what I mean by that is instead of having a hard and fast protein, carb, and fat goal, instead look at your calories and look at your protein and then let your carbs and fat fall where they may based off what your body is telling you. So you can still track and I recommend looking at protein and always prioritizing that protein, making sure that you're still aiming for your protein goal and then just staying within your overall calories. So maybe some days your fat grams will be higher than your carbs or vice versa, your carbs will be higher than your fat. This will allow for a bit more flexibility without worrying about pulling you out of your deficit if you're in a cut or entering into a surplus if you're in maintenance. It'll allow you a bit more flexibility during that time. I absolutely love answering your guys' questions. You guys have such great questions. So head on over to Mind and My Macros on Instagram. Send me a DM. Let me know what questions you have for a future Q&A episode. I also do weekly Q&A boxes in my stories, so make sure to always watch my stories because that gives you an opportunity to ask more questions there as well that I'll be answering every single week. 
If you're loving this podcast, it would mean more than I think you will ever know if you wouldn't mind taking two moments to rate this podcast and leave a review. Again, I'm reading every single one of these reviews. They mean so much to me and it's only helping me bring you the best of the best information that you're looking for. Until next week, my friend, keep minding your wellness. Thanks so much for tuning in to today's episode. I love hearing from you. So shoot me a DM over on Instagram at mind and my macros to keep the combo going. If you've learned anything from this episode or any of my past episodes, I'd really love it if you took a few seconds to leave a quick rating and review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. I love hearing what you've learned or what you've taken away from any of these episodes. It means so much to me when you do that. And if you have any friends you know that need a little help kicking some old dieting mentalities to the curb and want some simple, effective, and sustainable tips to feel their best, share a link to this episode with them. Thanks so much for listening and I'll catch you next time.